Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Anthony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Strength to be Human. We're doing our wonderful guest house edition. And uh, this will be, I think, yeah, the second for, for, the, for the new year. We got our, our co-host with us, uh, John Patrick Robbins. John, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to uh, this will be, be on the show. This is going to be episode 111. I'm going to change it up. I'm going to drop the mailbag, and we'll just do that next month. I haven't really had enough time to get through it all. And this is probably the first time ever where I actually have more emails than I need to even go through. So I'm like, ah. So we're going to go on to some other wonderful topics over here. I'll give you a little sub-list of them, and then we'll go along with these. We're going to talk about changing the style as a writer. Maybe sometimes it helps you target new markets that way. Uh, second one, we're going to talk about just the transition from poetry to fiction, or maybe even fiction to nonfiction, but the various transitions, because those... Those types of genres are entirely uh, different from each other, and you have to approach it and maybe even think about it differently. And then the last one we want to do is, you know, you have those magazines that have certain themes. You know, I have Aerial Chart. I don't really have a theme because uh, I don't really believe in them, but some people actually do. You know, the, every month will be something different. You know, January, Dog Month, you know, February, you know, the River Nile Month, March, Gay Month, whatever. They all have a, a theme. Well, how do you approach that? I mean, do you, do you purposely write for that theme with the chance that maybe you're going to get rejected? Or do you just look through all your catalog of stuff you've written that has been published and say, yeah, I think I could throw that in there? We'll talk about that. It's, it's actually interesting, and I've encountered this uh, scenario myself uh, a couple of times. All right, John, thanks very much for being over here. Let's talk a little bit about changing your style, which I know that you have a lot of experience in because – uh, not only do I read a lot of your work uh, as a publisher of, of two of your books and, and also uh, a publisher of a number of your uh, your works uh, throughout uh, Aerial Chart in the last couple of years, I, I've been witness to you going, you know, uh, super sentimental, super emotional, super humorous, super lewd. <laughs> you you kind of like covered the gamut over there. So you definitely know a whole lot about how to change this and, and, and what that means to the writer. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely um, – well, it, it, it's not easy, but I do think if, if you really – you know, it, especially when you're you're targeting all kinds of places and trying to get, you know, published and get to many as readers as possible, once I try to do, it is a, a key thing of being able to change up your uh, style and uh, do different different genres and everything. It's uh, it, it's just one of those things that, uh, for me, I always kind of wanted to write everything. I really didn't have the rule book when I started <laughs> writing, so I just kind of, you know, just started doing different things and experimenting with them. And, of course, it took a long time, and now it's, you know, it seems like I can switch gears really quick. But that, <laughs> if anybody didn't know, it, that took a lot of years of practice. It, it didn't so naturally uh, – happened uh and and the funniest thing is i really didn't start out a humorous writer once most people find very odd i had wanted to be from when i was younger and everything i thought oh i'm gonna be a horror writer i would you know once most people laugh at that one but i mean if, if anybody's ever read anything i've done that's been more on the crime or 
any of those kind of genres, uh, yeah, I can, I can kind of, much, I can pretty much switch it up any way I want. But yeah, that it, it is weird how we, you know, how I, I kind of do that. And like you said, I didn't, even when you read my books, there you get kind of everything that full gamut. But that's what I like to do, and I think for a lot of people, it's definitely. It's definitely, it's definitely, it takes some, you know, it takes some time. It, it is, it's not easy to just so easily transition and, and, and learn and, and try these different things. But, you know, it, it, I love writing and it's, uh, it's, to me, it's always fun to switch it up. You know, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people who maybe it, it, it seems a little bit intimidating, but, you know, don't ever repress yourself. If you want to try something, just go for it. <laughs> I, 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 I agree, and that's really uh, that's really the whole theme of the entire show here this evening, folks. Is transitions, and you're going to notice that there's there's some similarities on the transitions of of changing your style and targeting new markets uh, uh, versus uh, the theme magazines. But the big difference is really that a magazine that doesn't have a theme. It might still have a certain style, and then you don't know if you can fit in that or not because of maybe you're only limited in certain things you're doing. And that's really what we're talking about over here. And John's right. It, this does take some practice. It does take some time. There's no reason to be intimidated. Think about it like this, okay? If you want to be able to sort of like go into another direction or a different style, go to the opposite of what you're doing for a little while. I mean, I told somebody who's writing nature all the time. And I mean, I don't make fun of nature writers. I think it's important. But I don't know how many trees you have left over here before you run out of crap to write about. You might want to like, how about sit down and write about a damn factory? If you're a, lover, if you're a nature lover, you definitely hate factories. Good. That's a good way to start because if you can start thinking mechanical and metal and steel and, and, and concrete and, and things moving around and shit blinking and this and that, well, that's something completely different in nature and that's going to already help you try to figure it out within yourself. Hey, I can I can make some some changes in this and, and make it that it's not some traditional factory. Maybe it's a factory that does things cleanly. I don't know, but the, when you do something like this, you're taking yourself out of the element that you've become really comfortable with. Because remember, folks, being comfortable in writing isn't always a wonderful thing. Because oftentimes what it means is that you're kind of running out of room from what you're supposed to be doing. You might want to be look at doing something else. I'm not suggesting you stop the nature of writing. I'm suggesting that you stop it temporarily to go do something different. This way, over the course of time... You got a couple different styles you could be throwing out there. Otherwise, you are going to put yourself in a box where it's like, oh, I'm going to this market list, and when the hell am I going to get one that wants some nature stuff? All they want is cars and chicks and, and friggin' rock and roll. <laughs> I mean, well, it's time to write about chicks then, okay? What am I going to tell you? So that's why you don't want to do that, just because you do limit yourself. And, and when you do limit yourself, you can't blame some evil editor. You can't get mad at some academic program. It's on you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's absolutely true. You, you, it, it's just good to have all those skills in the in the wheelhouse, so to speak. And I don't know why people do. Sometimes limit themselves. Sometimes it is fear. And then sometimes it's you know people get really good at a niche and they just kind of want to stay in it. And there's nothing wrong with that for some folks. Um, me personally, I always feel like no matter what I'm doing, I'm always telling a story. I don't necessarily know that it's, you know, that's how I look at it. I'm not really doing anything different. I'm just doing a different genre, just telling a different kind of story. I just love telling stories, whether it's microfiction. If it's in poetry, I still try to tell a story, you know, because I, I like to entertain 
with my writing to some degree. I want to connect, and that's what it's all about anyways is connecting. And, yeah, you really don't ever want to limit yourself. Yeah, you, you, definitely, you definitely don't. And, and keep this in mind, folks. When we're telling you to go outside your box, it's about your comfort zone. It's not about asking you to go against your own personal values. I mean, when I have somebody saying, but Mark, I friggin' hate factories. I go, that's great. Write about how much you hate factories. That's not a nature poem. You're, you're now already going in a different direction. I hate friggin' factories. I want to kiss squirrels all day and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. So you don't have to go against who you are. You just want to be able to go in another tangent, another slight direction that's going to give you another another area for you to write about. So you can still keep your values and you can still keep your philosophy. I'm not telling you to become somebody different. I'm just saying you might want to change your style once in a while. Yeah, definitely. You don't. You can always be you. You can just always, you know, just add a little something to it, you know. And, and sometimes when you try, the thing is when you step out recently, a great example, I was kind of asked to step outside uh, my comfort zone, write some fiction that was kind of, let's just say, more wholesome. I'm not known for that. <laughs> I don't think anybody would ever, you know, uh, uh, definitely ask me for that. I'm not Hallmark. And, um, but yep. it was good. He's not even Hallmark. He's, he's just not. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm more on the darker side, yeah, but dark marks. Yeah, it was. I was challenged, and it, it proved it proved to come out really well. It got accepted. The piece that I'm talking about, and um, so I was real happy about that. So sometimes you'll find that just trying something different will free you up. Sometimes because we can all could get in a rut where we're doing. You don't want to do the same thing, you know, a hundred times. You always want to do something a little bit different, and it's uh, you know, it, it's. That that was the thing. You know, sometimes it will challenge, and you'll find that it really is. It, it's it, it's freeing to yeah, try definitely. something completely. It's liberating. Right. No 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 doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it, John. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, folks. And you could judge that for yourselves. But whenever I, I I change styles there for at least a short run of it all, I, I found more acceptances in other markets that I wasn't in before, and I kept wondering, well, why the hell is this the case? And then I, I just sort of came with my own theory, and it could be wrong, but my theory was is that as I was changing to a different style, I was still who I was, and because I was still unique, the kind of thing they were getting was something that they got because it was it was fresh, and, and that's what they liked about it more than anything else. So sometimes when you're changing this style, you, you're not really re retelling somebody else's story. You, you're kind of coming from something fresh, and that freshness might actually help you get published in, the, in that magazine where some of your other stuff that you were comfortable with, they might not have been so impressed. Because remember, comfortability doesn't always make you the edgiest, sharpest person. Yeah, no. No, that's that's another thing. I mean, I've, I've seen uh, examples when, you know, sometimes it, it, as an editor you see somebody that maybe I didn't dig, you know, not in a bad way, but I just didn't, it didn't resonate with me, maybe the poetry they were doing, but yet I saw something fiction or vice versa and, then you think, wow, and it, that is good. You want to show, display more of a full, to me, a more full skill set. And sometimes it is appealing to see a different side to somebody. You think, wow, well, that might fit. So it, it really will open up other markets because there's sometimes you'll find people that like your your stories, you know, whatever you're doing. And then, you know, maybe some people dig the poetry more or whatever. But it's always good. It's always good to display that and show people all these different sides. Because it definitely shows diversity, and that's something you want to show. 
because it, it, it tends to impress. And uh, when you can go pretty much write anything, uh, that that's that's to me that always impresses me. And when you know people can do that. And uh, especially as an editor, because you know that you can get all. You know, I don't want to. I you know, as much as I don't want to write the same thing, I don't want to publish the same thing a hundred times either. No, so. I, I, and, you, and, you, and you're definitely right. And, and folks, John's talking from the purely artistic side of things, and God bless him because that's what we should be talking about on this particular subject. But the other side mm -hmm. of the coin, don't forget, is we're still playing, you know, you know, in a half-ass way, a, a sort of a numbers game. And quite frankly, your numbers increase in terms of your acceptances when you're adding more style to your to your to your tool belt over here, rather than mm -hmm. that one note you've been doing. So you're going to increase your chances of getting published, increase your credits, and, and all of that just by doing this. Now, I, I don't I don't say that there's something wrong about that or there's something not artistic about that, but in the end, you know, if you're trying to build a resume, you're trying to put together a book one day, well. Getting more out there is, is more important, and, and you're going to increase your chances this way, too. And it also helps you become more of a, of a rounded person because, you know, it's it's great to be an expert on your on your corner of the world. But uh, every so often you have to walk, you know, across the street and see what the hell's going on. And that's what this allows you to do. Yeah, it really does. It's, it's uh, you know, as we said, it, it's just it's good to show those sides and uh, it. it it's just good to have that you, you're going to get more offers you're going to get and then eventually you know you keep getting your work out there you get people to ask you for it i mean that's and that's a really big honor that's no that's when you know you're really you're catching enough attention <laughs> when, when an editor's asking you for work uh because it does happen sometimes um can't say for everybody but it does happen um, so yeah, you always, uh, you always want to show all the sides and keep getting work out there and, and trying to get in many, as many markets as possible. Honestly, you really, you really, it, you really do. No, no doubt about yeah. it. And, and folks don't, don't forget this. It's easy for John and I to talk about this because we've done a lot of this sort of thing and now we have a lot of different styles and it becomes sort of second nature to us. So I, we're not going to just say this on some academic level and move on to the next subject. There are some mechanics involved here, and, and here they are in, in the simplest level possible. You're not going to go into another style and just simply write something in a day or two. Oftentimes, it's going to take a couple, a couple, uh, even a, a weeks or months, and it might be in, you, you might do it in pieces. Hey, I got like a couple sentences here. I'm not sure about the rest of how to do this. It might actually have to be put together like a like a like like a Lego set where you lost the directions, and now you got to figure this out yourself. That's probably how you're going to do this. And that's not bad to do, but that's how it's going to work until you kind of get used to it. Because remember, it's like you're building a new vocabulary in yourself. And until you build a vocabulary, you can't speak that language, that new style language that you're trying to do. Once you're able mm -hmm. to do so, well, you're going to be able to do it in better eye. But I really think it's something to do. I don't suggest that you need to have, you know, let's say you have 100 pieces of work in your style and then you only have a couple in the other one. That's fine. You don't have to have a hundred of everything you're doing. You just should try to have a couple at least to let yourself know you could do something else and maybe let somebody else know out there that you could do something else as well. Yeah. That's, it's, you know, that's another thing. Just don't, just because it doesn't happen right away or whatever. It didn't really happen right away for anybody. We, we had to work at this. It is a craft and we had to, <laughs> to put time into it. I mean, and it does get in at the more you do it, the easier it gets. In my opinion, it's just, you know, 
but still, sometimes it's, it's just like Mark said, you're going to have to go back and work on it. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, trial and error, really. It is. It's, a, it. it's like cleaning a toilet bowl, okay? It's not fun. <laughs> it really isn't. But when you're done with it, you're so happy to sit down knowing that you're not going to get some damn virus and die the next day. You know, so it's <laughs> it's just like that. You know, it, it, like, it takes some time. And it, it, exactly. And you're going to have to go through some stuff you don't like to deal with in order to be able mm. to get there. But in the end, it's, it's not only is it, is it worth it, but you're going to personally feel by the end of it that it's almost like new artistic muscles are being stretched. And you're going to actually feel, you're going to physically feel, feel different about it. And, and then you'll know that you've, you've done something that is beyond the comfortable. Because that's what you should be doing on a regular basis is, is putting aside some time. You could figure it out on your own organizational chart when the hell this is. But... You should be devoting something every every so often to trying to do something new. It, it, not only is it going to help you creatively, I honestly think it will help you in terms of your acceptance rate. Yeah, remember to clean your toilet bowl because that's what it's like. It's like writing, cleaning a toilet bowl. It is pretty similar. <laughs> Most of the times, you're just going to flush stuff and you know go on to the next thing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the truth. Right. All right, that's, that's where I write. There you go. <laughs> So I, I run out of metaphors sometimes, so toilet bowl kind of worked out at the moment. I probably could have yeah. used dishes or something, but hey, my wife's not listening, so I'm going to go where yeah. I want to go, okay? All right, let's go on to the second segment of this uh, wonderfully creative and, and instructive show, okay? Mm. The transition from uh, poetry to fiction, or, or just from whatever genre to whatever genre. We're just trying to use that as, a, as an example. We could talk about all kinds of different ones, because... There really is a transition involved over there. Um, many people, and I'm, John can speak for himself about this, and but I can tell you about for myself, I started with poetry, and it took a number of years before I got to fiction. And even before I got to fiction, I was really doing nonfiction. So I actually went from poetry to nonfiction, then to fiction, and then to plays. So um, I, I went about it in a, in a, in a different way. Not everybody starts off from poetry. They might start off somewhere else and then and then go there. So, um, mm -hmm. but the transition to an, uh, another genre, you'll find out that as you get older, and I don't mean the physical age. I just mean in the maturity edge of of being creative. You know, a couple of years goes by, you're going to find out that there might be other things that you want to express or other things you want to talk about, and you can't get it adequately conveyed in a poem or maybe in a fiction piece or maybe in a play you have to go to somewhere else to do it and usually that's the good and the best impetus on how to get into that new genre is i got something i really want to say and now let me go figure out how to do this versus just trying to do it you know from scratch and you don't really know what you're saying so that's normally how people make that transition not all the time but that's normally how it's like they get themselves pushed into it yeah uh, well, I know I, I started with poetry, then took a very long sabbatical. And, uh, when I came back, then I, then I started, of course, back with, with poetry and, but I had been doing or writing fiction. I just hadn't been sending it anywhere. I mean, that was the biggest, uh, crime I did. I just was just stowing it away. So, you know, lucky, lucky everybody who gets to read all that stuff. Now I don't ever have to write. I can just sit around and send out dry old, uh, 
<laughs> drafts now. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, you know, it, it yeah, it, it's, I did, I started as po- with poetry as well, and um, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely a transition, but I, I, in a way, I kind of, with even anybody who knows me in the way I write, I always kind of tell a story, so it really wasn't a gigantic transition if you're always trying to tell a story opposed to like say you're writing like um free verse or something that maybe is a little bit more abstract you know i was always telling some kind of story even if it wasn't a good story or it was kind of crude it was was always a story of some kind so it was kind of it was kind of more of a natural transition for me to just go to uh doing some fiction and luckily i uh at the time when i started doing that i think some of the earliest ones were uh up uh ben john smith gave me a break over at uh, uh hst horse leash trash at the time yeah and was one of my some of my first stuff that was he was a really interesting dude and he really saw he was gave me a break so you know and props to him on that and of course mark you know i die we all know the ones that gave me the break so yeah it was more natural though I'm just saying, if you kind of already were kind of telling like microfiction stories like that, it, it really wasn't a huge uh, jump opposed <laughs> to, you know, like doing a complete different genre. I mean, mine were kind of, you know, staying in the same vein, so to speak, at the time. And and that's really how a lot of this works, folks, is that, like I was mentioning before, and it, it bears re- repeating, you're going to mature as a writer, in terms of your your worldview, in terms of some of the things internally that you're understanding about yourself, you're going to wind up growing out of what you're doing and you want to move over to something else that might be able to contain some new things you're doing. I don't mean like you're growing out of poetry, they don't have to do it anymore. I'm I'm just saying that you're going to find that there's simply some things that's simply too big for what you're doing and you need to go someplace else. You know, it's almost like, you know, somebody who's very tall and a really small car, it's just not really going to accommodate them. They have really big legs and all that, and they need a larger vehicle. It's the same thing. You're going from a vehicle that can contain things in a more compact way, maybe a minimalist, artistic way, and now you want to have a story about you know, your grandmother falling down the stairs and going to the hospital and, and talking to God and hitting the lottery because he, he slipped through some numbers when no one was looking. Yeah, That's a fiction piece there. That's not something you could do in a poem. You know, so you're going to realize that and then you're like, okay, now I have to make this transition and, and, and figure out how I'm going to about and go, go about this. What's my stamp on this? What's my what's my uh, style in this? And that's normally how this sort of thing works. That's usually how yeah. you'll find most writers after so many years, you'll find them writing in a couple of different genres just because it, it's almost like they evolve into it. Yeah, it, it's it. You know, another thing is it's just like when you start, when you do transition over to fiction or whatever, it just, you know, it, no matter what you're doing, it's it, look at it even like a fight. Instead of going, you know, two rounds, you're going three. You're just going, you're just elongating things. And, and, and but most people from just as we are all fans of, uh, we were all fans of somebody, you kind of learn I, that's how I learned. I just, you know, the writers I admired kind of did everything. So I didn't really, you know, once again, it's kind of like not limiting yourself. Sometimes fear can really get in the way of things. And I, I don't know why, but I, because I just, I was so, I guess, crazy. I just threw stuff against the wall and hope it stuck. 
<laughs> as anybody knows me would know like I still kind of do anyways but um yeah no it's the transition is not doesn't have to be as dramatic or you know sometimes like I said fear gets in the way of a lot of things and it really shouldn't we talk about that a lot on this show over many episodes I even had an episode on it so mm-hmm. I, I, I never I to me I never get old on, on saying that fear is really the great destroyer of creativity and often in times happiness into people I I know people on a personal level beyond art that you know they are either in relationships that they would like to get out of, but they're afraid to leave, or they can't get across the street to ask that girl out because they're afraid. And that sort of thing holds back somebody's happiness. It takes it away because they're letting fear run things instead of just simply being brave enough just for a moment to go and do something else, to to break that mold, to, to stop that cycle. You know, and it's the same thing with, with art. In many ways, art reflects life in the sense that if we can't figure out how to overcome fear, we're not really going to be able to express all we want to. We're not going to be as successful as we should have. And who knows what our true potential is because we've thrown that out the window because fear is locked that up in a basement someplace. We need to get out of that. Yeah, we we definitely do, and it's definitely something you can't uh, that you can never say enough, because I I do see that it really does kind of stifle some people. I've, I've known, um, well, uh, even some people writers I've known I really respect, and I to me naturally they could transition into fiction. They hadn't at the time. Uh, one friend of mine had, had sent me some work. Just you know, uh, he was kind of naturally going there anyways. And then I guess he just wanted a stamp of approval or whatever. But I kind of look at him like you really shouldn't doubt yourself. I mean, you could, you know, you got it or you don't. Like you can do it, you know. But sometimes it does help to have a little bit of encouragement. But uh, no, I, I it just I, I just never have. <laughs> I guess I'm just too egotistical. I just uh, I don't know. I just knew what I wanted to do and knew I was going to keep trying. And I mean, it, it just, just like even with the rejections I've got, I, you know, even when they were, I, the work wasn't there, they weren't horrible. They weren't telling me, no, you can't do this. It was just like, no, you need to improve this, this, and then they were right. You know, sometimes you got to take criticism and not be offended. And I actually get that sometimes people are just telling you, giving you advice. They're not trying to be jerks. And sometimes that it really does help to have that healthy criticism because I mean, I know I can always improve. So, I mean, you know, and I want to. I don't ever think I'm, oh, I'm so good at this. <laughs> I'm so good at writing about the talking dogs that <laughs> I'm a master of. <laughs> don't mess with those talking yeah. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did one of those. But anyway, it's a joke. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you can always improve. But, yeah, don't don't just don't doubt yourself so much. One of the- I mean, the worst people can do is say no. That's really all they can do. That, that's right. That kind of- and, and, and John is, is entirely correct on this. And I've mentioned this a few times on the show, but a lot of times I, um, not because not I'm trying to be slick, because I, I rather just talk direct, but I found that if you want to help somebody through fear, it's better to, to, uh, to tout on the persistence angle than anything else. Because you'll find that if you can keep people to be persistent, they might actually grow out of their fear or they might actually fly by and not realizing it because it's too busy being persistent 
versus telling somebody, uh, you need to drop fear, you need to stop being afraid, you need to be brave. A lot of times that, that pisses people off and keeps them in fear. So I, I found the persistent angle seemed to work better with people. They seem to understand that, okay, maybe if I'm just working hard, I'll, I'll, just, I'll be able to ignore it. And I said, yeah, because sometimes persistence allows you to have the focus enough to get something done, and therefore you're focusing on what you wanted to do, your goal versus the fear, which is on the sidelines, telling you you're a jerk and you can't do something. So uh, persistence can help you get out of your fear without having you really trying to recognize it and you know uh, do something brave about it. Sometimes there there isn't anything brave about it. Sometimes it's really just just that simple and that mechanical. Just work through it and work past it. Exactly. That, that's you can't say it any better than that. It's it's you know that's how you get it done. You know, just stay at it. Don't don't let anything stop you. Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> don't if if it, all it takes is somebody saying giving you a no, then you know I'm yeah. very persistent. Well, oh, I mean exactly. You know, yeah. I'll, it's, I would have been done a long time ago if I just took no for an answer. I, Once you... <laughs> I know it's easy to, to, for, for you folks when you listen to this to hear this and say it's just easy to say all this. But, you know, not only do I have a lot of experience in writing, I have a lot of experience in, in the world in general. I, I remember when Mike Tyson said something, and it, I, I still cracks me up to this day because it's pretty damn funny, but it's also very deep for a guy uh, that everybody thinks is a big bozo. He, he's actually a pretty clever fellow. He, oh, he mm. says... You know, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Mm. I, I remember when I was in the Philippines, and I'm leading a, a, a unit in a communications van, and we're armed to the thief, we're ready to go. The moment somebody took a shot at us from a sniper, I guarantee I wasn't standing up saying, where is that guy? Hell no, I was on the ground. <laughs> I, and I'm the one in charge. I might have been on the ground faster than everybody else behind me. You know, in the bar, oh, yeah. in the bar I'm like, well, you know, I was just trying to evaluate my situation by being down there. Yeah, okay, whatever. I was down there, okay? And uh, that's it. So they, that whole plan went out the window because the minute someone's just shooting you with a high-caliber weapon and you can literally hear it fly by, you're like, uh, I need to stay down here for a moment and figure out what the hell the plan is. Because that other plan about how we were going to walk and, and not try to take cover and be bold, yeah, that didn't work. I'm surprised he didn't kill one of us. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a very good example. It, it really is. And, uh, and maybe it was just luck or maybe it's just God or maybe it's just my destiny to have this show or something. But uh, I came across the world worst friggin' sniper. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd rather encounter the world's worst than the best. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wasn't I wasn't going to jump up anytime soon to you know test that theory out. I'm just going to say this guy sucks and I'm still alive. Let's go from there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's easy for us. Sometimes. I know that people think to just, but you got to remember, we've also been on every side of this. I mean, and still there. <laughs> I don't know why people think, you know, just because you see, if you see a, a publication list that is a mile long, you know, for any any of us really, who you've done this any kind of amount of time, it it, it does expand. But, you know, with all those acceptances, there's just as many rejections. There are. I mean, I, I can bring sports metaphors to unblue on my face. But the, the, the truth is, folks, that 
anybody who's done any kind of success on anything has had a mountain of failure. And sometimes that failure didn't instruct them. Sometimes it just failed and you, you don't always get a lesson from it, but you have it there. I mean, you ever look at Michael Jordan's statistics? He, he has some of the worst statistics in, in the friggin' world of basketball, yet this guy's a champion with all kinds of rings and all kinds of stuff. But guess what? His victories are small compared to all his failures. Babe Ruth, he struck out like four times as much as he, he hit home runs. Mm-hmm. There's, there's times where yeah. he didn't hit a home run for like weeks. He just keeps freaking out. When we remember all those great shots, but I guarantee you he was remember when he go to the dugout. Christ, I just struck out for like the 20th time this month. So yeah. it's no different That's on this. True. I mean, I could have a thousand acceptances, but I guarantee you I probably had like 25,000 rejections easily. Yeah. Yeah, if I printed that, if the rejections were uh, something to be proud of, man, I would have the longest list you've ever seen in this world. It's, it's no joke, folks, no <laughs> joke. If I can convert my rejections into toilet paper, I would never have to wipe my butt again for as long as I live with the tape toilet paper from the from the supermarket because I can just keep using those rejection letters. That's how many there were. Yeah, I mean, that's not what you're supposed to do with them. That's what I do with them. But anyways... No, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to be creative with something, and also I want to be helpful to my environmental friends and recycle paper. Okay. Oh, okay. There you go. Always the you, you eco-friendly person. I'm here. trying. Um, Not easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the absolute truth when it comes to all that stuff that we've all we've all been there, and uh, you know. It, but the thing is, you learn from experience. I mean, you know. I mean, if I didn't have all the if they had just started publishing me back when I first started sending stuff, let me tell you something. That was some the, the early stuff. I mean, nowadays people probably say it isn't now. It was pure garbage. I mean, I was sending out some bad. <laughs> I'm glad they did because yeah. you, you you gotta learn. It, it you gotta learn. You know, you think you know there there was promise. It's just you know we it had to be. I had to learn, and you can't just say yes to everything. But you can't be be afraid to try because that's how you're going to learn. If you want to get into this, there's no other way to. Now, if you want to catch that wave, you got to get out in the ocean. You ain't going to do it on the shore. That's it, man. <laughs> it's like the lottery, man. You 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 can't win it if you're not in it. You know. Yeah. Well, that one, yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but, yeah, you really certainly. Can't. You're gonna you're gonna meet. You know, you're gonna run into tons of stuff and then experience and and a lot of it you can use. Look at me. I write about everything. So yeah, you really careful what you say. <laughs> so, that's all I can tell you. The red light with me is always on, yeah. but um, yeah, and he writes yeah. a lot about the red light too. So hey, no joke. <laughs> right about all that stuff. That's right. Yeah, I know. Now, folks, don't forget <laughs> about this. And, and here's some of the mechanics of this behind the backgrounds. And I'll just give you two examples. Okay, <laughs> going from poetry to fiction. Poetry mm-hmm. is shorter. Okay, it, 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 you have a small amount of space. So guess what? You can afford, in many ways, to be abstract. You can even afford to have not a lot of meaning because oftentimes the jingle jangle of, of words put together smartly can carry you. But when you go to fiction, because you're trying to get something bigger and, and, you know, and better going on, on something that you want, you can't afford that. Even if it's 500 words, you get too abstract with a fiction piece, people are going to like fall asleep. They don't know what the hell you're talking about. They're going to go on to something else. So guess what? Mm-hmm. You have to do the reverse with fiction. You have to be more focused. You have to be more direct. You have to get to your point because you're only going to have so much time. Yeah, it gives you more yep. birth 
but it doesn't mean that you, you could just wander around all the hell all, all, all day. You could do that with a poem. You really can't do that with a fiction piece. So it, it gives you a lot of birth. It gives you, I, I feel, a whole lot of uh, space and room for you to get across your point. You can even include some dialogue in it if you want, which you normally can't do in poems without kind of like sounding too weird. So those are the mechanics behind that. It takes a, it takes a little <laughs> bit. Of, speak up. <laughs> it takes a little bit of practice and all, but you could definitely you could definitely do it, and you'll find that you know not only is it refreshing and it's liberating, but you're also going to find it in many ways that. When you start messing with other genres and start getting bad about them, you actually come back to your other genre and you, you help improve your own writing just by doing something different. Because you're going to see and learn new things from yourself and maybe even from the world. That's the ironic thing about going into, you know, these creative, uh, you know, different directions. You, you you start changing whether you like it or not. Yeah, you will. And you really do have to be. With fiction, that that is a key thing. Is you can lose the reader very easily. You know, I kind of always write the stuff that I myself would want to read, and I've read some stuff. And that's not an insult against anybody, but I have read some things that are by you know some people that they maybe people raved on them, but they if they lose you, and they can't if they can't get you invested in what they're talking about, then you know, and that's the thing. And it is difficult. It's not it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. You know, if it was easy. You know, if everything was easy in life, I would just pick up a guitar and know how to play it. But it's, <laughs> it's not. Nice, gonna, huh? You know, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. So it's like, you just you know, it does take a lot of practice. But that's the thing to keep and definitely keep in mind, because I know with 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 stories and things like that, I, I you just you always got to you know one slide. You just every step you're taking needs to get one closer to the end and get taking you to everything needs to advance. If it's not advancing, you're just stalling. I don't can't stand that personally, but uh, yeah. And I do read a lot of fiction and a lot of I read a lot of everything. We edit, so we do. We do a lot of reading, whether we want to or not. We do a lot of that, and yeah. that's something you should do too. You know, if you don't feel that reading just some dime store novel, you know, in the airport is is worth reading or, or good for your reading. Well, well, pick up magazines that you get published in, literary magazine. Read what's going on there, including their fiction. It'll give you some ideas. It'll give you some 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 courage, and, and it might even give you a little bit of agita. That's what I used to do. I mean, I read this going, Christ, I could do better than this. Until one day I said, I mean, just go over there and do something better than this because I, yeah. li I don't like this. Sometimes it's not bad to start something new just because you're a little annoyed that, what, that got published? What the hell? Really? It's about a, 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 a it's about a, a purple cat from another planet and he, he shoots laser beams out of his tail? What the hell is this? I could do something more interesting yeah. than that. So uh, sometimes that's where it starts, and, and that's not a bad way of going about things. It's not some kind of envy or jealousy. It's just about... I think I can do this, and maybe I could do it better. Yeah, I mean that was you know, that was the key when I got back. I had, I had, in fact, that's exactly. I had happened to read something up on Facebook. Somebody got published. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna name names, but I kind of was like, man, <laughs> if they'll publish this, then maybe they'll publish mine. Right, right. there you go. So that's exactly how it happened, honestly, when I got back into writing. That's the story of my entire creative life on every damn thing I've ever done, every, including this show. You know? <laughs> I listened to a literary show one time, and I'm like, 
Oh, my God. Can I have three cups of coffee here? Because I'm about to fall asleep. I mean, there's nothing interesting yeah. or engaging. Sounds like they're reading from a damn script. You know, uh, nothing to, to help people. It just it just sounds lifeless. You know what I mean? It sounds like I need to put some paddles on it and, and you know, shoot some electricity in it to get the damn heartbeat going. So I'm like, if this is passing for that, yeah. if this is supposed to be interesting, <laughs> let me just get on and do my thing then. I don't give a crap if I'm from New Jersey, if I got a weird accent. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you all have weird accents, okay? So I'm just joining the club. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that's the, that's the, the best creative uh, you know, energy you can get is looking at somebody else's going, yeah, I could do that. Maybe, maybe I could do it better. But let me give it a try. So it's nothing wrong by being inspired by seeing somebody else's work. It could be a good or bad inspiration if you want to call it that. But in the end, I think inspiration is inspiration. It doesn't matter really what the motivation is. You know, if it helps push you along, then go with it. Why not? And I think sometimes you're going to see that, you know, and, and you're going to say, yeah, I, I got a story to tell. I got a, a tale I can, I can spin. You know, I got some words that I, I think should be out there. And, and why not? I'm, I'm all I'm all for that, and that's how you make these transitions, folks. That's that's some of the mechanics behind that. You got any other last thoughts on that one? No, I think we I think we covered that one. I I don't think I can add anything to that one. Honestly, okay, yeah. all right, here we go. Now the, the third the third segment here is the most interesting. I think it's just because uh, it can be enlightening mm -hmm. and positive, or it can be incredibly negative and and and, and boring. Uh, theme magazines. Now you got you got like two different kinds of theme magazines. You got magazines that this is the only damn thing they have. Okay, we want poems about nuns that has one leg and they only want to live in Spain with their lesbian companion. Okay, and that's mm -hmm. it. So it, they they just want that 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 niche and that's it. Okay, fine. So you gotta as a writer, you know, do I got any lesbian poems over here with nuns in it, or or, or do I can I work with into one? Is this interesting enough for me? You got to make that kind of decision yourself. Some people literally do this and get into a magazine mm -hmm. by composing something new just because they, they think the theme is so interesting. All right. Mm -hmm. You got the second one, which is a, a magazine that either every month they have a new theme or maybe every quarter they have a new theme. And then the rest of the year, possibly they, they just leave it open. And then you could decide, I want to just do it on the open time. Or no, I like this one about you know, spaceships, or I like this one about, you know, new worlds, or I like this one about, you know, what would you say to a historical figure, or, you know, whatever they have. I mean, it, they have all kinds of strange themes. Now, yeah, the reason we bring this up is because this is something you're going to encounter on a regular basis. You can't avoid it, okay? But no one is saying on this show that, you need to go rush around and compose something to get into one of these magazines. And no one even says that you even have to care about this particular segment. Because, quite frankly, there's going to be plenty of themes that you just can't fit. I mean, I, I, I mean I'll mean, i be honest with you. I, I, I'm not some kind of homophobic person. But when I come across the gay magazine that wants gay poetry or, or gay fiction, well, I don't have anything in my catalog like that. I'm moving on. Next piece. That's it. I mean, that's all I could do. You're going to find that as well, too. I mean, sometimes you got ones that say we only want stuff from women's perspective. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know anything about that. Next, you know, or, or we only want women to submit. Okay, bye. You know, that's all you could do. You know, so you're not always going to be able to get involved in the whole theme situation. But there are times 
where the theme is interesting enough, or maybe, like I like to say, broad enough, or even so-called vague enough, that you could fit something in there, you know? This theme's about, you know, uh, ballparks, or what is one of my favorite themes? Uh, guys, can you write something about some kind of traumatic thing you had in your childhood? That, that can leave so many interesting things that you can already have written, or maybe you can actually compose something, and then send it over there, and, and get something going over there. Now, this is limited, okay? There's a very good chance, and I don't mean this in any kind of crass way, but there's a good chance that if you do this and you get accepted in there, okay, it could be the last time that that magazine is going to accept your work because it's just based on that theme. Some people have this strange view, and I'm against this strange view, by the way, that somehow your work is lesser of value if you got accepted in a theme magazine versus one that wasn't. To me, that's a bunch of baloney, okay? Acceptance is acceptance, okay? Work is work. They liked it. If it liked it, it rang a bell for them. That's your damn job. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So who gives a crap, you know, what kind of bell was wrong? As long as it was wrong. That's, that's your job. You did it. Be happy. It's no different than any other kind of acceptance, okay? But you do have to realize that it is limited, you know? There's magazines that, uh, you know, John and I and others will go to maybe a couple times a year because we like the style of what they're doing. But those are not really thematic magazines. So you won't be able to go back to a lot of these ones again because they might never have a theme that you could fit into again. You know, you just but it's still fun to sort of stretch your legs out and it's still fun to get involved in something that, you know, you haven't done before. And it's really fun if you just wind up by chance Finding something that you already have written that hasn't been accepted that could fit into one of these things. Go throw it out there. Yeah. I mean, it's always interesting to try different things, but, you know, it, it's – I mean, there's a lot of magazines that they'll do different themed issues, uh, and a couple I've been in are uh, really good. Um, San Pedro River Review always comes to mind. Fantastic magazine, and they always have, a you know, a different theme. Uh, but they're really they really let people kind of explore more. They're they're excellent, and that's a really fantastic mag. I'm not saying it because I got published there, but it is. Said I've read it and I do enjoy it. Um, when it comes to all these places, uh, well, including the whiskey. There you go. <laughs> the whiskey is often um, put in there with themed, which I I always try to explain to people it, it if i sometimes i have one little pet peeve for some reason everybody thinks everything they have to send me has to involve whiskey it's not like that i write more about it's more about the more adult kind of almost even the style i go with it, you know nightlife it, it can be anything a lot of times i'll ask people for work that don't do any kind of that writing it's a little bit edgier some of the stuff i try to to publish and everything, um, what I largely call the MAGA theme magazine. Um, it can be called that. I don't, it's just weird like that. I don't really consider it so much a themed magazine, but it, it is to a degree. So it's like it is and it isn't. Uh, but yeah, that that's one thing that I have to admit. It kind of gets me. I get more people that write that think that, oh, I have to write something about No, it doesn't mean yeah, that. It, it happens. Just, Sometimes you, know. you just have to ask the editor. Remember when I first got on, on board with your magazine, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, dear, dear John, um, I don't mean to disappoint yeah. you, 
but I only have one alcohol-related poem in my entire catalog. Yeah. Can you can you accept this? No one else seems to want it. I mean, that's all it was. And he's like, no, you don't have to have it all about alcohol. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's just more the nightlife. It's it's more that. But like I said, it does definitely have the kind of – it's a very loose theme. It's not I, – I try to let people do whatever they – it could be any kind of story. It's just we are more – adults like you know like we're not you know you don't you don't see too many haikus and stuff like that nothing against that it just we don't you know we're definitely not uh you know uh, i wouldn't say we're well yeah we're definitely not like a family friendly type scene yeah. <laughs> that's a it. manson family but no <laughs> yeah we yeah, we put i mean well that's more uh ut now utb that's a themed magazine i don't know why i didn't mention that that is a absolutely themed magazine yeah, that's some crazy that right there. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to you've got to be. Uh, well, hey, you're there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a couple crazy pieces. I'm like, yeah, this, this is where they belong. That is the uh, complete thing, and but sometimes it's fun. It's I like to every now and then. Um, there was a magazine, uh, and God, I don't mean to disrespect the uh, the editor. Uh, I'm just drawing a blank, but uh, Bone Magazine was the name. Had to somewhere mention bones somewhere in the right. Once I found fascinating, I'm like, okay, you know, people think, ha ha, he he, and no, I I actually kind of incorporated some darker pieces in there. Not not nothing humorous. Uh, not everything I do is funny. Um, yeah, so that I I find it fun sometimes to go to places where you can um, you can just try something different. You know, once again, it's a challenge too kind of challenges you to come up with a with something and, and once again it any of that's good for you to experiment with writing i think i, I don't want to do the same thing a thousand times over although i know m most people think i that i probably do <laughs> sometimes yeah. but you know they're silly they're yeah, silly heads yeah well i mean i can't blame them sometimes i do like i have i know what i like to do but i like to tell stories and and those stories sometimes a lot of those stories have different backdrops but yeah, so yeah, well, I think theme magazines are really can be fun. I think it's good, and people should challenge themselves to try them. You can, you can challenge yourself, and I'll, I'll share this with you because I've talked to a number of writers. I know some writers, and what they do is, besides their normal writing, they take the time to experiment when they want to try a new style by finding a couple magazines that have some interesting themes, and then working on that. It's because they know that. If that piece becomes successful in their eyes, even if it doesn't get accepted by that magazine that had that theme, they still have a working piece they can send out to other places and they feel comfortable they did something different. I've actually tried that a few times and I even had a couple of successes with it. So it, it is kind of fun to do and it's a good way to, to sort of stretch out your creative muscles just by using the theme uh, as a, almost like a creative excuse. Okay, okay, I, I got a deadline for two months from now. Let me try this, blah, 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 blah. I'll type a little bit each night and see what I got. So there's nothing wrong with that. It, 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 it makes it a fun exercise in, a, in another way, but also it's a cool way, you know, to go in, in a different artistic direction. There's a very good chance, I know for me, there always was, that you're writing about a topic that you never wrote about before. So that in itself is an interesting way of going about things because sometimes... A new topic puts you into a new style you never realized because you're like you're going someplace you you haven't been before. You're like, you know, you're going like James T. Kirk into you know, to another damn galaxy, you know. So mm. and and that's that's not a that's not a bad thing. I, I mean, sometimes that's how you can use these themes is is a way to 
you know, to, to, to sort of get your own muscles going in that, you know, in that gym of, of vocabulary, in that gym of, of, of creativity and, you know, pump that iron and, you know, and see what the heck happens. So that's one of the things I like about them. Some people can find them, you know, annoying and they just don't even want to deal with them. I know a lot of writers, they, they won't deal with them all. The moment they see uh, something about a theme, they run. <laughs> that is, that does happen quite a bit. I know sometimes I've been a little bit thrown off by them. It, it depends, you know. If, if, uh, um, if we're going to talk about sober living, yeah, probably not my mag. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking on that. But, yeah, sometimes it can be. But I, I do, like I said, it, I got challenged recently. And it, was, it, was, it was fun to try to do something a little bit different, um, you know. But I, I, then again, I can't understand why some writers kind of get, you know, where you don't. It, it well, it, we all have certain things that we don't. It's just not for us, and so that's understandable too. You don't have to absolutely go to every place and try every genre and yeah, every you don't, style. Yeah, you know, says you have to, I, and, and I agree. And and, and um, to make another uh, interesting point over here, okay, I'm not being inconsistent when I'm telling you as a host on the show because I'm sharing it from you as from a writer's perspective that I like some of the themes. I like the experimenting. I think it's fun, but. When I'm an editor, I don't have any themes in the aerial chart. There isn't an inconsistency there because I'm, I'm two different people in that situation. As an editor, I don't like it because from my standpoint as an editor, I find it restrictive. And also, to be honest with you, I don't really read 100 poems about blue cats with large penises. I don't really care. I like it to be more open. But as a, as a, as a writer, it's different. You know that That's the only reason why it might seem like it's a little inconsistent but it's not i'm just i'm just simply two different hats two different positions and because of that i, I have two different viewpoints yeah it, it definitely uh when you when you when you don't have the theme uh for your mag it it to me you have a lot i don't it's sometimes it, it you know you really when you have it with if it's a if it's a theme or necessarily a genre that most people don't do then it can be interesting but then again you know it it's you know, it either works or you don't. I mean, that's the whole thing. And sometimes I think it is more freeing not to have them. But, uh, yeah, because, I mean, sometimes it can be, and it can be for on the other side of it, when you're looking for, just say, just like when, when I do humorous, when I'm looking for humorous work for a humorous work for a UTB, it can be frustrating sometimes when people want to send me, um, <laughs> you know, they, they I don't know. I don't know what I have to do sometimes, honestly, to convey that it's humorous. Any kind of humor is fine, but yeah, if you're going to send me something that's going to make you people want to cry or be depressed, it's no, that's not. Yeah, that's, that's not what I'm going for. Please read the guidelines. Yeah. Once we've been closed the submissions for a while, anyways, but nobody listens, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody they, cares. Yeah, nah, John's crazy. Yeah, he don't mind. He don't, he don't care. <laughs> so, no. Yeah. It's it's not a it's not an easy uh, genre the, the the humor I can tell you that now it's, it's got to have a mm -mm. special talent for it. But I, I I'm very glad that we brought up a, a lot of these uh, segments on, on this show because uh, really the whole uh, revolving thing about transitions is something that we all have to get involved in in one in one area of of our writing or another. It's just a question of of what we feel the timing is. And it's also a question of, of, of how mature we think we're starting to get 
you know, in our own creative stance on things. But I think that this is a way for uh, to help people get more ready for that. Maybe I, I, in a way it might push a little people towards the starting to do this more, which we always want to do. We always want to try to be, you know, uh, positively provocative, like I like to say. I'm not looking to hit somebody over the head with a with the bat just because, you know, they don't want to write a fiction piece. You still got to be ready to do it. But it's, it's really, I think creatively uh, advantageous for all of us to try to do something a little bit different. I, I think uh, we, uh, we grow you know, as artists and maybe even as human beings. And, and, and also in the end, we might come across uh, things we wrote that we never thought we could do before because we simply wasn't in those areas before. And uh, and there's nothing more, uh, for, for me anyway, nothing more appealing to, to surprise yourself. Because as you get older, sometimes you even get bored with yourself. So when you do something that you're even shocked with, wow, this is great. You know, it's it's a wonderful thing because that means you know you still got it. You know, and, and as long as you still got it, you can keep, keep doing it. Exactly. Uh, you can't, that, yeah, that sums it up. Honestly, you, you can't. There's nothing better than just going out there trying all sorts of things, getting out there. And the more you do with writing, I just think you know. And I think we pretty much do everything you can do with writing, including editing and reviewing. And so <laughs> we pretty much cover all the bases. So, but then again, I think it helps you. I think anything you can do with writing helps you. Uh, it diversifies. It, it really, it, it, it really does. Good. All right, folks, uh, before we wrap this up, I just want to mention that we've got some other shows that are coming up uh, in the month of February. I'm going to be doing a, a, another one of my series. I haven't done that in a couple months. Uh, I usually try to do three or four shows as a series. So I, I got a series uh, coming up called Particular. Uh, I'm not rather Peculiar. I, I don't know. I'm from New Jersey, so some words actually escape me. But, uh, yeah, this is called Peculiar Instruments. That's the title of the series. I don't know why I picked a word I have problems pronouncing, but, hey. What do you want me to do here? Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And those those 10 people that are listening from New Zealand, don't make fun of me because you have a problem with that word too. Ha ha. So there you go. But um, on, on this series, we're going to talk about some interesting things. And I got three different shows on, on this particular uh, uh, Peculiar Instruments. The first one is, is going to be Ghosts as Characters, where we're going to talk about various stories and books where the ghost was a, an important character. Uh, then we're going to have houses as characters. That's going to be fun. And then we're going to have uh, books or stories that, that use animals as characters. So we want to talk a little bit about characterizations and how other people as writers wind up doing things that, uh, that are non-human. But they still want to get certain human values or certain human points across. But they use non-human things. And of course animals are non-human, houses are non-human, and ghosts are non-human. So it's going to be fun and, and, and different, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. And, and it's not a coincidence, but um, my uh, classic spotlight for month uh, for this month is going to follow Black History Month, uh, just because I think it would be kind of cool to do. I didn't do that uh, last time, but this time I, I feel good about it. Um, I'm going to do um, a, a, story, a whole a show on Maya Angelou and, and her poetry and a little bit about her life. Very interesting woman, a hell of a poet in, in our century. And uh, it'll be great to do for Black History Month as well because she had a real uh, African-American perspective on things, even even wrote about slavery. And, and she was in our time, not in the, in the days of slavery. So it's going to be really interesting, and I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Well, sounds interesting. 
And then we got a we got a, a, a metal future show that's going to be coming up. Ironically, uh, John and I will be recording it shortly after this, but you'll hear it later in the month. And we're going to be talking about uh, our, our concerts worth going to and all the various facets of that. So it'll be interesting. I mean, remember it's called Metal Future, so it is a future topic. I mean, if you think about it, right now, people are talking about how cable and satellite are vanishing and everything's going to be streaming. Well, they're also talking about one day theaters are going to be gone, and our children one day will, won't even have the theater experience because it'll all be, you know, just something that gets beamed into your house. You just pay a fee for it. So why not? Yeah. Why not think about one day we might not have concerts? It might be all done in a different way. So I'm going to try to talk a little bit about that. It'll be interesting, something a little bit futuristic, but we still get to have fun and talk about rock and roll. Okay. All right, folks. Until next time, John. You have any other last words on these uh, topics here? No, I think we pretty much covered everything, and uh, always a pleasure tape and, and uh, be on the show. All right, folks, that's a, that's a, another wrapped up edition of uh, the Guest House edition with John Patrick Robbins and your host, Mark Anthony Rossi. God bless until next time. Adios. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by purchasing an ebook at Soma Publishing www.somapublishing.com